Hello, welcome to Night Shift Football. We're back for another episode of Euro Championships chat. If you tuned in earlier in the week, we caught up with Ilario from Melbourne. He ran us through the Italian squad and how we thought that group would go. We covered Group A, Group B. Today we're going to chat Group C and Group D. And once again, Tommy is not here, but we've got another member to welcome into the, the small community we've got. Bevo, welcome aboard. How are you going? Very well, mate. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I've been... Um very much looking forward to this since uh, since it kicked off. You know how much I enjoy my own voice, so absolute pleasure to be here, mate. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you do love it. Um, we have we've tried for a while to get you on, but um, yeah, the schedules. Obviously, we're night shift football for a reason. It's because we are we're always up real late, and obviously, you work during the day, so it doesn't quite match up. That's it, mate. Unfortunately, uh, schedules don't align, but we're here now. Happy we're days. We're here now. We're here now. So we'll jump straight into uh, we'll skip Group C for now. I think because it's a it looks a bit dud, to be honest. We can jump straight into the England's group. Initial thoughts on this group? Um, do you know what? As as you so so finely put it in our recent social media debate, uh, I'm a self-deluded English fan, which means that I believe we are going all the way. Um, <laughs> but I've also believed that for the past 26 years of my life. Um, and I also, during that time, thought that Jack Wilshere would single-handedly take us there um, and look at how that has uh, look at how that's gone. Uh, so my expectations are, yeah, we're going to win it. Um, realistically, I think we're we're finishing top four. Um, so so that's where I'm at. Top four, well, as in yeah, making as the semi final. Sorry, yeah, not as in top, four, top four of the, the group, group because yeah. obviously, yeah, we, we're still struggling. Yeah, sorry, top four of the uh, entire competition. We'll be in that third and fourth place playoff as a minimum. Yeah, well, uh, I've got it a bit better than that. I've got. Um, I've got England winning their group comfortably. Uh, we'll go into the other squads a bit later, but I don't really rate Croatia, Czech Republic, or S- especially Scotland. don't rate any of them too highly. Um, but I've got them going all the way through to the final and then eventually losing to France. But we'll have to wait and see how that all pans out. Um, you got anything? Jump in whenever you like. Yeah, for sure. I mean... I agree. I think we've definitely got the squad on paper that we can go all the way, but that's the problem is is we're English um, and we always find a, find a way to to mess it up. We were comparing our tournament predictor earlier, you know, before we jumped on and, and we had England in very different positions. Uh, yeah. I had England actually finishing second in their group behind Croatia. Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll delve into that in a little bit more depth when we when we cover the squads. But I yeah, I predicted England to go... Um, uh, and finish in third place. Um, I've said that, funnily enough, Belgium and Germany are going to be the top two, um, and that Germany should go on to win it based on the squad that they have. That's obviously my prediction. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do want England to obviously go all the way, but I'm, I'm predicting us for third and second, uh, second in the group, just behind Croatia. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, uh, I'm being a realist with my with my tournament predictions. It's always a good way to be. Um we can jump straight into the squad if you like. Um, I don't know if there's anything that stands out to you, any omissions or someone who was maybe included that you didn't think would be. Yeah, listen, the, I think the key omission, um, and I think it's a general general consensus across English football, is is Patrick Bamford. Um, you know, and whether this is a, a view solely of a Leeds fan, but he's the second highest English scorer, second highest assist, and well, I think he's been overlooked. Well, I can. I'll share it with you. I'm not a Leeds fan, but. Um, I definitely think maybe, I don't know if he should have made the squad, but I think he's 
definitely a better pick than Watkins. Yeah, I think definitely, you know, that 33-man squad, I thought he's he's got to have a pick because I think, like, Ollie Watkins, he he does offer something different to Bamford and to Harry Kane, but his goal-to-game goal ratio isn't, uh, you know, as good. He hasn't come up as well as, you know, he's definitely come through the ranks at, you know, in the championship as well. But in terms of what Bamford's done in such a small time with Bielsa... Um, I think he's he's just excelled, and I think he yeah. has something extremely different to to Harry Kane, to Rashford, to Greenwood when he was included um, that England might lack at this tournament. But um, that could again be be that bias from a Leeds fan. So I think the squad is still strong enough to win win the Euros, obviously without Bamford, and I understand why he was um, not selected by Southgate. Yeah, I, I get it as well. Um, I just kind of I don't know. I really like the guy. I love watching him play. Just the um, he's got that that press and work rate. That obviously the whole lead squad has at the moment, but I think Bamford always had that before Bielsa came along. Yeah, and and I agree with that, and I think it's the tenacity um, that is similar in many respects to the likes of Jamie Vardy, for example. You know, he's he's very much like a savage footballer. He chases everything. I think Vardy certainly works harder than Bamford, or at least that's what what they see on the cameras in terms of his his effort, and it, and probably because he's quicker than Bamford. Yeah. Um, you see that pace, but I think they're very similar style players, and I, I think Jamie Vardy is actually going to be a miss at this tournament. I know he retired, um, but I think Wayne Rooney said at midweek. Actually, I don't know if you saw the quote, but no. Rooney said midweek that he would have, if he was Southgate, he would have spoken to Vardy about coming out of retirement because that tenacity up front is probably something that you know we think about the the last European tournament. Um, when we, uh, you know, when we played Wales um, in the group stages, and, and Vardy came on late in the game, scored the goal, and then played a part in Sturridge to, to go on and win us the game, and, yep. and that's maybe what we don't have. Yeah, for sure. Um, just quickly, some numbers on that head to head there: Watkins and Bamford. Watkins, uh, Watkins, sixteen goals in forty appearances across all competitions this season, uh, compared to Bamford's seventeen in thirty-eight. So pretty similar numbers. Um, yeah, it just depends what sort of a style of striker you. You're looking for, yeah, I, I agree, um, and I think I think that the other thing when we're if we're comparing the stats of the likes of you know Villa and and Leeds is I think Bamford's Bamford's assist and the roles he plays in our other goal scorers. You know we've got the likes of our midfielders, Jack Harrison for example, eight goals, eight assists. Um, you know Stuart Dallas coming from left back even in midfield, and I think Bamford plays a part in all of those. Whereas I think Watkins is more about scoring those goals. So yeah, definitely similar numbers, yeah. and I think Watkins on merit deserves to be in that England squad as well, but. Are they both in the best 26 um, players that our country has to offer? Probably not. Many Probably would argue not. they're not, yeah. Um, on that, players missing out. Uh, I didn't think it was too controversial, but there's been a, over in England especially, there's been quite a big deal made about um, Jesse Lingard missing out. Yeah, it is It is a good, uh, you know, it's, it's an understandable, sorry, Sam, it's understandable as to why people are, up in arms about him. But then, I guess from, from my perspective, the argument's made. Jesse Lingard went on loan to, to West Ham United in, what, January? Yeah. So coming from Man United, he hadn't played consecutive football for, for a number of years before nope. that. Um, went to West Ham, no shadow of a doubt he was in the league's best players by end of season. But the issue is, is if we're comparing, say, Jesse Lingard's stat and, for example, Joe Willock, who's on his way to potentially beating Jamie Vardy's 11 goals in 11 games record for Newcastle, Surely then Joe Willock has to be looked at because his performances well, he, have... He should be just as much a shout as exactly, Lingard is. Yeah. Exactly, and, we'll, and no one's talking about Joe Willock. So do I think that Jesse Lingard um, could have brought something to England? Yes, um, but at the same time, would I have picked 
Mason Mount over him, Phil Foden over him, Jack Grealish especially. Yeah. Technically... And those players are in there. Yeah. Technically for a, for a those, reason. Exactly, exactly. Technically, those players are better than Lingard. So, Mason, no, I'm, I'm Mason not Mount. he's not there. Mason Mount. I can't remember if you said Mason Mount. Yeah, that. I did mention Mason but Mount. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what, do you th- what do you make of this side's, uh, especially at centre-back, they seem a bit thin. There's a lot of uh, talk going on about Maguire's injury clouds. Is it because he is... Is he important to this team because he's good or because they're very thin at centre-back? See, I think we'd have to define thin because when we look at the players that were selected in that initial 33-man squad, we had the likes of Ben White, very capable centre-back, also Ben Godfrey from Everton. Um, Again, two six-foot-plus players who know how to play football. Um, And I would argue that both of them are better football players than Harry Maguire is. Um, What I think that Harry Maguire does give us that uh, not a lot of teams can counter is exactly what we saw from Harry Maguire at the World Cup. Those goals from set pieces, defensively, you know, he was slabhead for a reason. And I genuinely think... I, I mean, personally, I wouldn't have picked him if I was Southgate because of his injury cloud. Both him and Henderson are, b- are both, you know, up in up in the arms um, about that. Um, uh, is there a, is there a leadership aspect to his selection? Probably. I, I, I think there has to be as there well. Must be. You know, if we if we take Maguire and Maguire, who's the captain of Manchester United, the most successful club, uh, you know, in in England and, and arguably the world, and Jordan Henderson, you know, recent European champions, two captains that have have captained England as well, captain their their current clubs, and we and we look at the the captaincy around them if those cl- if those players perhaps weren't to be there and maybe you look at Harry Kane don't you yeah. um, but other than that there's it's a young squad you know they've obviously quite a lot of them have played for England before um, but yeah definitely a leadership aspect I, I do agree with that yeah um, so we probably can't we probably can't talk about this England squad without talking about the <laughs> all the right back chat getting around Southgate's copped a lot for picking four Right backs. We saw Trent get injured this morning, though. Yeah, um, um, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. I apologise to cut you off, but it's something that's okay. that I, I was I was hoping was coming up. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think you and I would both agree if the likes of you know players like Adam Leach, for example, was was English, uh, he definitely would. You'd think he'd have a look at based on his form at the at the Downs this season. Um, but yeah, I think I think everyone was expecting Trent to not make it. Um, and then, you know, everything on social media was like, Southgate out, what's he doing? Why is he not selecting Trent? Um, but each of those fullbacks, and I think you'd agree with me here, Sam, I think each of those fullbacks offer different things. And it totally yeah. depends on, um, you know, how tactically Southgate plans on lining up. Yeah. I guess um, uh, the thing is, a, f- a few of them are pretty good in like a back three as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, they're, they're, like, There's versatility there. And I guess, like for me... Uh, it has to be Kieran Trippier as a walk-up starter for me. Okay. I think. Yeah, um, yeah interesting. I just think uh, he was the right back at the World Cup, wasn't he? He was, yep. yeah. He uh, scored um, an incredible goal. And I think he's only gotten better since then. And I think he just goes under the radar of the English media because he's not playing in the Premier League. But he was incredible this year. In a, uh, He played 20, 28 times yeah. at right back for Atletico. Yeah. And yeah. They, they only conceded 25 goals this season. And won the league beating Barca and uh, Real. So he's my walk-up starter. But then um, a conversation I heard on The Guardian this week, they were talking about, um, yeah, with that versatility, if, say, you're trailing the game, uh, you can always take Trippier off and bring on an attacking right-back rather than upset your entire shape, you know. You've got a player like Trent that can come on and Mm -hmm. have the influence he has in attack without upsetting your shape too much. 
Yeah. Um, whether I agree agree entirely with what you're saying, it may be up for debate. Um, but I definitely I, I agree in, in some aspects. I certainly think that like Trippier, I've been keeping attention with, and you know, I watched the last couple of games that Atletico played, and he 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 does look quality. He looks yeah. certainly ahead of the level he was um, when he was notable, you know, for playing for Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. Um, but that being said, whether I would start him, I don't know. Again, I think tactically it depends because, as you mentioned, a lot of them can play across that three. We've seen it um, recently with Reese James. We've also seen Reese James go into the midfield, you know, in their last uh, game for Chelsea against Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, but Kyle Walker throughout the whole season has rarely played right back. He's, he's usually played yeah. um, potentially in with John Stones or Diaz um, at City. So I think we, we do have that, that flexibility. But I also think Trippier is similar to Alexander-Arnold in terms of his delivery, which I think is is Trent's biggest asset. Um, but defensively, I think Trippi is a better player. So the more I think about it, the, the more logical your um, your reasoning could be there, Sam. Yeah, well, I think, um, like, just to be clear, I think if if Trent had had the same form that he had last season and was carrying that through, he would be walking into this team yeah, yeah. miles ahead of all of them. The only reason there's so much conversation around it, I think, is just because he... He hasn't been in form. Uh, well, he kind of picked it up towards the end of the season mm. there. He lifted it back up. But he had nowhere near as good a season as he did the year before. Um, so I think some people maybe were guided by that. But yeah, plenty of options. Absolutely, plenty of options. Um, I'd also like to talk about the... Well, we're pretty much going through the whole squad. But the the attacking kind of third, I guess. We've covered the strikers a bit, but... Who do you think gets the starting gigs on the wings? Um, I mean, Harry Kane's going to be your number nine, isn't he? Uh, every yeah. day of the week. Um, for me, both Rashford and Sterling, come the start of this season, I would have I would have tipped them as my starters on the wing. Yeah. Um, I think both of them, towards the latter stages of this season, have dropped right off um, in terms of the way they've been playing. I mean, Sterling obviously has still been... Um, a, a, um, you know, cemented in that City side, but didn't deliver in, in the big games in the Champions League final. We saw Saka score his first goal for England overnight against you know against Austria. Um, for me, and this this might be controversial, but I would be playing Harry Kane up top. I'd have Jack Grealish on the left, and I would actually have Phil Foden on the right, um, which is a, a totally different approach. I don't think it will will be like that, but. The, the qualities, obviously Foden being left-footed can you know can cut in, but I think the qualities those players possess would be excellent. That being said, I mean, you're a, you're a Dortmund fan as well. I haven't seen much of, of Jadon Sancho at a league level, so if yeah. he is certainly performing better than Rashford or Sterling, he would he would walk into that, that side as well. Yeah, so I've got some numbers here on Sancho because there was a perception for a while that he wasn't, uh, that he had had a bad season, mm-hmm. and he definitely didn't have a good first half of the season. But the second half of the season, he came storming home. He finished the season with uh, 38 appearances across all competitions with 16 goals and 17 assists. So he still had 33 goal contributions in 38 games. Yeah. So Which um, he's a shout. Yeah. I, I've, uh, I've always actually been quite a Sterling fan, but I don't know if I'd start him. I'd, I'd be looking at Sancho and Foden, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, for me, Sterling, I've rated him. He's developed so much. But also, I think watching Raheem Sterling for England and watching Raheem Sterling for Manchester City is two totally different things. Yep. If he has a one-on-one for City, I'm like, yep, banked goal. If he has a one-on-one for England, I'm like, right, here we go, throw in. Like, that's, yep. that's sort of where I'm at with, with Sterling. But I hope he proves me wrong. Um, I hope he goes on to, you know, get 
top goal scorer of the tournament, top assist of the tournament, whatever it needs um, to, to get us through. Well, let me pitch this to you then. Starting 11, first game, Croatia, next Sunday night. What's your starting 11 looking like? Uh, I honestly don't know with the goalkeepers, but it wouldn't be Pickford. It would be Johnston or Henderson. Okay, yep. And then I would say uh, he plays a 4-3-3 usually. Yeah, 4-3-3. I would take uh, Trippier, uh, Stones, Maguire, uh, Luke Shaw. I'm a big fan of Luke Shaw. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, In the midfield, I'd probably have... I really don't... I haven't thought much about the midfield, to be honest, that midfield three. And... The more I look at it, the more it looks like a like the weakest part of the squad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I'd probably give Mount. Mount would have to start, uh, probably Henderson, and then either Phillips or Rice. But I don't know how you balance that. Yeah. Um, Foden can also play in the middle there. So can uh, so can Graylish, if need be, if you mm-hmm. wanted to set up with a ten. Uh, let's just say for for argument's sake, I'll go with Henderson, Mount, and Phillips. Right. Okay. And then I'd have Sancho. Sancho, Foden, and Kane. That's a solid squad. That is, it's a solid squad. There's, yeah. there's, you know, I mean, plenty of room for debate. I think I would be awfully similar. I'd have, I'd have Hendo in goals. I think for sure. I think although Sam Johnson's been good, he, you know, he played for a relegated side. Yeah. Um, whereas Hendo's obviously competed at, you know, Europa League level until the final, which is a whole other debate. Um, <laughs> I think he's yeah. he's got it over Pickford for me. He hasn't been there. Um, Reese James is probably going to be my right back, which is definitely an odd choice. But I think across all of those right backs that he's he's that we've talked about, he's had the the best season, um, at least from a from an English media perspective. Yeah. Um, if Harry Maguire is a hundred percent fit, he starts in the middle with John Stones, but otherwise Connor Cody probably. Um, just because I think Cody has similar aspects to Harry Maguire that potentially Kyle Walker slotting in as as that midfielder yep. won't. I would agree on Luke Shaw. However, I watched Ben Chilwell in the semi-final and the final of the Champions League, and I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I actually, um, uh, actually, I will have to take Chilwell. I completely forgot that Chilwell was in the in the squad. In, yeah, somehow yeah. it just somehow it's I just missed too, it there. I just think like, I think Luke Shaw has been brilliant as well. Yeah. But Chilwell is. I think if England are going to win the Euros, Ben Chilwell is going to have a big part to play, and, yeah. and that's weird to say from a, from a fullback perspective. Um, but I think he's going to have a big That's modern football, though. Yeah, absolutely. Fullbacks absolutely. are crucial. Absolutely. Um, and then we look in the midfield. I agree. I think we, we, we do lack in the midfield. I think Jordan Henderson is probably going to start, and he's prob- he's arguably captain or vice-captain behind Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, ideally, in an ideal world, Calvin Phillips every single day of the week. I'd have 11 Calvin Phillips on that pitch. But Jordan Henderson sitting as that defensive, and then I would actually have Mason Mount and Jude Bellingham in front of him. You would have Jude Bellingham. Um, I would start Jude Bellingham. I was getting um, on to this. I'm really surprised he's in the squad, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, but I think you're the first person that I've seen or spoken to that has been surprised by that. I think Bellingham, Bellingham has gone so far under the radar. People know his quality. He's 21. They know yep. his quality. He's playing uh, you know, in the Bundesliga. Um, I think he's comfortably in that squad. And he offers something that, that Mason Mount doesn't in terms of that height and that that strength. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jude Bellingham start um, against Croatia. So for me, he'd be in that. He'd be in that three. Um, and then um, I would, as I said, I would have Harry Kane up front. And for the purposes of, of say this argument, I think I think he'll start with the likes of Sterling or Rashford out wide because they have a little bit more experience. But yeah. ideally, I'd like to see. Um, Jack Graylish or Phil Foden on, on those wings. Yep. But that being said, that I think attacking, we have a lot um, 
a lot stronger options than a lot of other nations at this at this World Cup to change sure. the game going forward. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're, that's going to help us quite a bit. Yeah. Um, just looking at that midfield, it is a bit of a surprise. Like, I mean, that's why it was so hard to pick a midfield because Jordan Henderson, Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, they're kind of... The same player. You almost only take... <laughs> you only start with one of them, really, yeah, don't 100%. you? Yeah, 100%. And then if you're chasing a game, you're unlikely to bring one of the others on. Yeah. So, I, I, I agree. I agree. So it's going to be very sense, interesting, Sam. Um, now that I look at it that way, maybe Bellingham is a good inclusion, but I wonder if maybe Foden gets used as one of those centre midfielders as well. Yeah, and even like I think if they opt, if he opts to play four two three one, for example, and has like Henderson and Rice sitting, or Henderson and Phillips sitting, and then you've yeah. got Foden as your ten, and then your wingers out there, and then Harry Kane up top, which That's could juicy. be a formation he goes with. Um, juicy. Yeah, that is, that is yeah. absolutely. All right. Well, I think we've pretty comprehensively. Uh, Wrapped up England there. <laughs> Absolutely. Spent a bit of time on them. How about there? Uh, the team you've got to finish top of this group is Croatia. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on this squad at the moment, or you know? Do you know what? Anything I, on Croatia? Yeah, I mean Croatia. You know, they're they're not to be taken lightly. They're World, World Cup, Cup finalists, finalists. Yeah. of course. You know, t- um, twenty eighteen World Cup finalists. Um, have they got better since then? I don't know. I, I think they're they're around the same level. But I, I think they've got they've dropped considerably. Yeah. See, I don't know yeah. if I agree with that. I think. Some of their players on a on a league level, from what I've been, you know, keeping keeping up with, and bear in mind, obviously, I don't follow the way that Croatians work too much. I mean, you look at the likes of Luka Modric, obviously, Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah. Um, at the back, you've still got Dejan Lovren, who you know is is. I think um, Gavardil from Leipzig. Uh, you know, he was linked to Leeds in the off season. I think he's going to be a big player for Croatia. Um, yep. Watch out for him. Um, uh, at, at this tournament um, and then they, you know Ivan Perisic is always a danger he was annoying against England yep. at the World Cup um, constantly scores and, and up front I think with the likes of Rebic um, you know who's who's been at AC Milan has been popping in goals as well yeah um, I think you know they've yeah I think they I think that they are they are a danger side I think England are going to be their hardest opposition I think they'll they'll comfortably um, beat Scotland um, and uh, who's the other one in our group? It's uh, Czech Republic. Czech Republic. I think they'll 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 match match Czech Republic if not yep. if not beat them. So that's why I've got them top. But I think um, for me the danger man in this squad is uh, well, obviously Rebic on the wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually he kind of he had one of those seasons where I watched a lot of AC Milan games mm-hmm. and he was good, but um, didn't quite get the goals or assists to his name that he probably could have. Um, but still dangerous just because his pace down the wing is ridiculous. Um, his finishing's uh, really good when he gets half a chance as well. Um, he just had yeah a bit of an unlucky season. But the danger one, I think, is Andre Kramaric, who is at uh, Hoffenheim. Yeah. This is, yeah. A guy, this is a guy, right, that um, he was at Leicester. Well, he wasn't at Leicester when they won the league. Won the league, yeah. Because they loaned him out to Hoffenheim. Yeah. He got... He scored two goals in 15 games at Leicester, then scored two goals in 15 games at Hoffenheim before he made the deal permanent. Since making that deal permanent, he's scored 145, uh, 77 goals in 145 yeah, Bundesliga games. This season, he scored 29 goals in 34 appearances across all competitions. So that's... Yeah, that's he, a danger. He has really yeah. gone under the radar, but yeah. he, is a, he is a solid footballer, a real good player. Um, obviously, you add in the likes of... Uh, uh, Perisic, mm. your Brozovic, Kovacic, Modric, lots of itch. Any of the itches. There's lots yeah. of itch. Yeah. Um, even someone like Vasalko, who hasn't played yeah, a lot of football back. this year because yeah. of Trippier, but he um, he's still pretty solid. Um, I believe the uh, the 
Bruno Pekovic as well, the Dinamo Zagreb winger, mm. is the one that scored the hat trick against Spurs. Yeah, I think I think Croatia for me are they're, they're a team that really define never day um, never say die attitude, and I think it was yeah. present at the World Cup. You know when they when they beat us, they obviously when we look back at that squad, they've lost Mandzukic um, and also lost Rakitic to retirement as well. Um, two of their bigger known players. So now it's up for those young, you know, this new generation of Croatian footballers who have that weight on their shoulders from, hey, we were semi-finalists at the World Cup. What are we going to do with the Euros? And, and you know, expectations would be they're finishing, you know, they're, they're going as far as they possibly can. So yep. very interesting group. Very interesting group. Yeah. Um, we want to move on to the other sides in this group. Scotland, if you want to talk about their squad just quickly. <coughs> yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's brush through these guys it's, as quick as we possibly can. Honestly, uh, I think the biggest problem for them is that their two best players are both left-backs in Tierney and Robertson. And Robertson, yeah. Yeah. And then and obviously... centre-back as well, left-footed Liam Cooper, leads captain. Yeah. Just, sorry. <laughs> we'll add that in real quick. I knew you were going to get that in. <laughs> um, and also... Uh, Scott McTominay, obviously. Yeah. Manchester United. Stuart Armstrong had a pretty good season at Southampton. He's a good player. John McGinn from Aston Villa. But uh, really, uh, this side has a lot of a lot of mid-table Scottish Premier League players. Mm. Um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Fraser dro- has dropped off. Not the same player he was at Newcastle. Yeah. They've I th- got Che Adams as well, but... Um, yeah, I, I yeah. agree with you. I think they're all they're sort of like mid-table, mid-table Premier League, you know, mid-table Scottish League. Yeah. Do I think that Scotland can beat England? Of course I do, because it's you know it's that rivalry. It's it's just there. But I think on based on paper, England three or four nil. I mean, when you look at the likes of and don't get me wrong, I think he's a phenomenal talent. But Billy Gilmore being yeah. selected for the Scotland squad at his age, playing <laughs> reserve football for Chelsea. I mean, questions have to be asked about... Uh, it's, it about says a lot about Scottish football at the moment, really. Yeah, and I think, I think he's superb. I think he's going to go a long, a long way. But, you know, when, when the likes of Andy Robertson's your captain and then you, you look down a little bit further down your list and you've probably got Scott McTominay as, as your vice yeah. or, or in that captaincy field. And, you know, it's... Yeah, I, I, I think they should finish bottom. If not, you know, they might get a result against Czech Republic. I, and I, think, I think they'll finish bottom. They had a good draw this morning against the Netherlands, but... You can't take any. You can't take anything out of friendlies, really. Yeah, I, I, yeah. They don't really mean anything. Yeah. I think Scotland will see them, bottom of the group. I'd love to see them have the record of most goals conceded in a European Championship and to never feature in European <laughs> football again. But that's yeah. just uh, that's just my. Oh, that's opinion. what it feels like following Ireland. <laughs> they extended the Euros, made more, put more teams in it, and Ireland still couldn't qualify. Yeah, unreal. Fuck's sake. Maybe they should have put uh, extra three teams in there just uh, to be sure, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> uh, the last team in this group, Czech Republic. Yeah, I can name you maybe four players off the top of my head from them, uh, and they're all they're all lower league. But yeah. go, give us what's your opinions here? Uh, yeah, so I, they're not good. <laughs> they're definitely not good. Um, yeah, Thomas Suchek is the one that stands out, obviously. Mm. The uh, West Ham midfielder. He actually scored like 11 goals or something yeah, from midfield. Yeah, banged him. Banged him. 10 from midfield this season. Um, Matej Vidra is at Burnley for mm. Premier League fans. Um, but as, obviously, I watch a lot of uh, Bundesliga and Syria. Um, Patrick Schick, Bayer Leverkusen. He's maybe a goal-scoring threat, but didn't have a great year either. Never quite. He was really hotly rated to be one of the best upcoming strikers uh, when he was at Roma, and he just mm. never took off, never got the goals, and uh, he's just kind of running about the pitch at Bayer Leverkusen at the moment. Yeah, I think 
I think their midfield's their best asset. And with that being said, you know, the only players I really recognise are Suchek, as we said, um, and Vladimir the Ritter. Um, they're really the, the two players and, and players who p- potentially outside of Suchek, you know, it's not very well known. I think defensively they're, they're struggling. The only player, you know, most people would be familiar, familiar with is, is Kufau, of course, from, from West Ham. Yeah. Um, and defensively, I think they'll be let down. And, and even, you know, Vidra's, Vidra was, was rarely a threat in the Premier League. No. Um, and I think he's, he's certainly easy. So I think I actually think that Scotland will, will get a result against Czech Republic. I think Czech Republic will finish bottom of the group. And Scotland could potentially hope for that highest third place finish. But For sure. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're all in agreement on, on that group, Sammy. Yep, fair enough. So we've both got England and Croatia going through. Yeah, just in different just orders. Just in different order. <laughs> yep. Do you think either of them... Are, I don't think either of these two are a chance to go through as uh, one of the third place best third place teams either I think if I th- Scotland knock off Czech Republic and get a result against Croatia or Eng- I mean that's literally how it works you know you four points but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think Scotland will win two games I don't think Czech Republic will win two games so they, they could go out in straight sets yep um, so we might move across then that's plenty on Group D mm-hmm. uh, we can move we'll go backwards to Group C this is a very uninspiring group and I think so we've got the Netherlands, Ukraine, North Macedonia, and Austria. Um, I think the Netherlands, given their qualifying campaign, they kind of limped their way through. I think they will be relieved to get a group as weak as this. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, all those teams are going to put up a fight. It's the Euros, but you know, quality should come through. Um, I do not think this Netherlands side is fantastic, but they should be more than good enough to win this group. I've got them going through ahead of Austria. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I think uh, Netherlands aren't as strong as they have been, um, especially without the likes, obviously, of Virgil van Dijk, their captain. It's a, it's a big out. Um, yep. You know, there was debate over whether he was going to play, but I think it makes sense um, that he he isn't uh, playing. Um, I do want to say, though, just while we're on air, this might be, you know, if this goes out live and this turns to be a fantastic result, I Netherlands are my underdogs um, to win the entire tournament. Just like Belgium were... Poor. Um, previously, I know, I know, Huge. I know, but you got to have one underdog. Yeah, they're 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 my underdog. They're the they're the ones who the if they horse. make top four. You know, do not be surprised with with the, the quality that that they have. That's just yep. been been lacking. Just uh, on that, my dark horse was I don't know if you call them a dark horse, pretty big nation, but Italy. They okay. kind of they've kind of gone under the radar with everyone, but they're my which is kind yeah. Of... I think it's a dangerous place to be because the Italians going under the radar. You know they've been a, a oh, big, yeah. big nation for every tournament, certainly in our in our lifetimes. Yeah. Um, and this one, so, like I looked at some of their players and I was like, I don't even recognize some of these names. Obviously, having a yeah, no more. Absolutely, I think they have a great squad. And having just missed, well, they missed out on the World Cup, the last World Cup. They didn't even qualify. Yeah. They've just had their best qualifying campaign in their history for any tournament, but um. But we digress. Back on there. Mm. The Netherlands. Um, Memphis Depay. This guy's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of rejuvenated his career. He's turned into like a number nine. Plays as the striker. Uh, at Lyon in Ligue 1. 37 appearances this season for 20 goals and 12 assists. Decent return. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a Lyon side that was pretty disappointing this year, to be honest. They missed out on Chambers League in the end. And yeah. Um, yeah. So he'll be leading the line for them. Yeah, and it's it's a dangerous you know lineup, and also when uh, you know the the, the Dutch are they're, they're a danger team. I mean, defensively, I think, and I don't know if you'd agree with me. I think defensively is their weakest point. Defensively, I think, I think they have probably one of the best centre backs in the world in, in Matthias Stilley. I think De Vries. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, if all you, right. Well then. Well, there you go. So if you put them two together, Delit and Devry. Yeah. Then I guess we. And you know, bear in mind that Virgil Van Dijk's not playing. Um, yeah. So. I, but I still think they're defensively, and I wasn't going to say central. I think it, it was out wide because, you know, like Veltman is, is playing at Brighton, Van Aanholt yeah. at Crystal Palace. So Rubbish. I th- yeah, I think that, and, you know, Nathan Ake has played like six games yeah. in the city. He's been average. So yeah. I think defensively, um, you know, if... Blind will probably play left back. Yeah, I think Dane, yeah, yeah. He's and, an okay, he's an okay he's player. Okay. He's not going to be... He's okay. Yeah. I think, I think their midfield is where they could potentially... Um, Potentially, as I said, be that dark horse of the competition. Especially, I've I've followed Ryan Gravenberch now for quite some time, and he is a phenomenal young footballer playing at Ajax. Yeah. Um, phenomenal, tall, strong, just a quality all round number eight. Obviously, you would be looking at Donny Van Der Beek if he had been playing regularly for United as a real threat. I don't consider him a threat anymore. I think his football's dropped off. I don't think he starts in this. Mid-field. No, no, I don't think so. I think no. you'd be looking at probably De Jong, uh, Hainaldum, and Graven Birch for me. Even maybe David Klaassen, even though he's sort of passed it. But Hainaldum's um, going to be interesting. You know, I think, can... yeah. Well, I think Martin Darun definitely starts. The Atalanta midfielder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He, okay. Had a, he had a great season in uh, an Atalanta side that finished second. You know? Yeah. So... And I think they, they have that a lot of pace. You look at their players like Quincy Promise, obviously of Ajax fame, now at Spartak Moscow. Yeah. Um, Malin, again, a young talent, and Memphis Dubai, who we've already discussed. Um, and even Gakpo. Cody Gakpo from PSV is electric. So I think yeah. if Netherlands can get their players like Heinadam, Gravenberg, um, as you said, Martin Darun on the ball, don't be surprised if they are the dark horse. If they finish top of this group, they're going to get a good second round draw. Yep. Do not be surprised if, if they're the dark horse for this tournament, Samuel. They've got uh, that psychopath Tim Krull in goals as well. Big Timmy Krull, penalty He's hero. Nutcase Tim Krull. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually don't think... Uh, we've got uh, Luke de Jong there, but I don't think he gets a gig in the starting side. Nah, he, um, I'd rather Nigel. Just for just for yeah. pure kicks to the for face of Xavier Alonso, yeah. like the water boy. <laughs> um, Luke de Jong, kind of uh, what a weird career. He's ended up at Sevilla, who are pretty strong. He only scored a handful of goals this year in La Liga. Um, Sevilla ended up playing most of the second part of the season, uh, the Guardiola style without a striker. Yeah, uh, Spanish style, no striker, just just trusting his midfielders to score goals rather yeah. than playing Luke de Jong so I'm kind of surprised he even makes the squad to be honest with the other talent around Yeah, I mean, and just uh, given given this Dutch side at the moment they don't really have anything to lose having a crack at this exactly so, that's why they're dangerous Sammy that's why they're yeah, dangerous so I think um, building it around some of those youngsters in attack and in midfield is a good way to go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah agreed Frankie's a star yeah, Frankie De Jong. Yeah, he, he this this could be the tournament. I think we've you know we saw him especially in the the um, what was it twenty seventeen eighteen Champions League campaign with with Ajax um, before he got pipped up by Barcelona and he was sensational during that. As was Van der Beek, you know, as was De Ligt, and now they're all at, at bigger clubs. So I think De Jong could really take this on and, and potentially be the surprise package of the tournament. Yeah, he he is a gun. He's so good to watch. Um, most of that Barcelona side is pretty good to watch still, even though they don't get the. They didn't get the results this year, but some of those kids there, excellent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know, we look at um, we look at the the other teams potentially uh, in their group as well. You know, like um, the likes of Austria, who England just played. Um, you know, this morning uh, in what seems to be a comfortable comfortable victory. I don't think there was too many. Yeah, no stress. Many they weren't trying too hard. Yeah, just kind of squad. It wasn't their starting squad. You know, Ben no. White, Godfrey got debuts and. 
And Austria's squad isn't, um, you know, it's not it's not where it used to be. We, we think of the big players in that squad, really. If if you talk to people, even inside football, players at our local football club, and name me a couple of players from the Austrian squad, maybe one, maybe two. I mean, yeah. you, you think of the likes of, um, recently, David Alaba, just signed for, for Real Madrid from Bayern Munich after coming through their academy. Maybe Marcel Sabitzer, who's an excellent, excellent footballer. Um, you know, good knowledge there as well. I don't know if there's any other names that ring a bell for you there. Uh, no, just, uh, again, Bundesliga thing, but Julian Baumgartlinger mm-hmm. from Leverkusen. Yeah, Leverkusen. Uh, centre midfielder. Uh, but, yeah, not really, not a whole lot in there that's going to be threatening too much. I still think they'll finish second in this group. Um, I forgot about Marko Anatovic too. Um, completely gone off the radar because he's over in China. Yeah, playing but his footy there. I couldn't tell you anything about the Ukraine squad at all. Or the Macedonia squad. Yeah, um, I think I think I mean Ukraine squad. Uh, the best and only information you need to know is is their coach. Do you happen to know who their coach is? I have no idea. Think of the greatest Ukrainian footballer you've ever seen play. Andrei Shevchenko. Andrei Shevchenko is the Ukrainian hero coach. Of mine. So, yeah, br- you know, brilliant coaching. But I agree. I, I I could not even name you know without looking at a list. And even if I was looking at a list, I wouldn't be able to recognize many of yeah. those names. I don't think. And. North Macedonia, very much the same. The only one I do know is uh, Ezjan Alioski. Plays his football left-back for Leeds yeah. United. Um, I think he's captain as well, potentially. But the danger with the North Macedonians is the fact they are North Macedonians. And <laughs> if Alioski's anything to go by, they're going to be fierce. Yeah. You know, They're going to be probably horrible to watch, but entertaining nonetheless. Very yeah. much like Arsenal, Sam. I'm sure you'd agree. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, here's a bit of a taste for you where we reach... We always reach this point in a pod where uh, I don't really... We haven't Googled anything or looked anything up, Uh so we just make up opinions about Uh Ukraine and Macedonia (laughs) without knowing anything about them. They they could have a great squad, and I just wouldn't even know it. No, they don't. Well, I think the fact we haven't Googled them shows they don't have I just mean, sometimes you look up these teams and you see names, you go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But I think it's more just... uh, I think sometimes, especially uh, with, with like viewing the Premier League, we fall into this trap of saying, oh, I recognise that player's name. They're not necessarily good. You just recognise their name. You recognise the name. Because they, they play for a Premier League team or something. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean they're any good. So yeah, I've got Netherlands, Austria. Who knows with Ukraine and Macedonia. Yeah, I would say exact same order. I would say North Macedonia are going to finish at the bottom. And I don't think Ukraine uh, will be anywhere close to that um, uh, highest place third third team. I think they'll go out in straight sets. Yep. Uh, so you got anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap it up? Pretty good wrap of... The two groups there. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've given it um, plenty of coverage. I, I, I think we've, you know, we've discussed England uh, quite in depth. I think we've discussed our, our road to glory per se for, for the footballers. I've called the dark horse being Netherlands. You've called it as Italy. So, um, you know, for all those listening, let's bear that in mind. Uh, if one of us is is true, or potentially Italy <laughs> versus Netherlands in the final. Yeah, imagine. Um, it. Who knows? But yeah, very much looking forward to the Euros. I think you'd agree with me that. Uh, you know, the benefit of having Euro 2020 being pushed back because of the COVID um, situation means that we've gone straight from the Premier League season. We have two and a half weeks off. We're straight into an international tournament. Then we're back to the Premier League. Then we're back to the World Cup. So, you yeah. know, it's it's football football fans' uh, wet dream. Yep. Lovely. To sum it up really poorly. <laughs> <laughs> That's in fitting with Night Shift Football is uh, wrapping it up poorly. So we might just leave it there. Um Cheers for getting on. We'll try and get you involved a bit more during the during the Euros as the tournament pans out. It's going to be exciting. We'll try and get some more content out there. Um, you can check it out. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, 
Get on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, tell your friends, uh, tell them to get amongst it, give us a share and listen in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Sam. Not your football. No worries. Laters.